Gabi Martinelli He comes from São Paulo and he plays for the Arsenal. Good morning and welcome to the Central Line. Just let you all know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Hello, welcome back to the Manchester Arsenal podcast for this week's uh, episode of the uh, uh, One and Andrew's Q and A weekly Q and A. Um, as I'm joined by Andrew. How are you doing, Andrew? Right, mate. You've had a busy weekend. <laughs> Happy weekend. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Busy, busy getting ready, ready for my holiday tomorrow. So, loads to do. But yeah, it's been a been a great weekend football wise, isn't it? Can't really oh, complain right. about anything. You know, <laughs> Arsenal winning, Man United losing. Yeah. West Ham losing, Chelsea and Tottenham dropping points, even though Chelsea, Tottenham should have lost. Um, but yeah, it's been a good weekend all round, mate. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. As I say, match day two, and already we're already either three, six points or two points ahead of our rivals now, respectively. Oh, rivals, sorry. Um, and <laughs> we joined top five with Man City. And yeah, the only uh, the only two teams with a hundred percent record so far, which is quite amazing, really. After just two games, but uh, I'll take it all day long. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then as I say, I think I think in terms of today's result, them the other two, the two the other two London teams, that was like the it's like the best of a bad situation really. Being a draw, but no one won. They both dropped points. We've we've pulled away from both, and it's just like it, yeah, yeah. That, that's I'll dodgy, take it. Dodgy calls that game now. I don't care what any. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that last-minute goal. I mean, come on. I mean, did you just see that the hair pulling dragged him to the floor? Well, in the literally, it wasn't even like it was by actually just yanked right in front of the ref. Gone, boom. And VAR looked at it and seen the aggression as well that we've all seen. No play on. Mike Dean again, it. apparently. Oh, for God's sake. But I mean, I'll, 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 how? <laughs> how can he still have a job? I know, but well, well, he did us a favour yesterday, so I'll never say a bad word again about him. To be fair, I mean, to be fair, but, it, it, that, if that had been given yesterday, Jake yeah, Bar- I know. dive, I'd have lost my mind. I know exactly, but yeah, that's him all over, isn't it? Um, uh, how that wasn't disallowed, it was just. Unbelievable, unbelievable decision. I mean, that is if if VAR can't get that sort of thing right, what is the point in VAR? What is the point? This is the thing is, it's only match, it's match day two, and we're having these issues issues already. Yeah, yeah. Because people again say again and again, in terms of the, the idea of VAR, isn't the problem. It's the people implementing the fucking thing over and over and over again that do it, keep messing it up. So don't. They change the rules every fucking season to benefit them, 
And when the season mm. starts, they had the big, for the season starts, they had this big meeting. Oh, this is going to happen. Match day one, match day two. And we're having literally people's hairs being yanked out their head. Uh, what was it? Um, last, there's incidences last week where players only lost their legs. Mm. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The rest of the no play on. Unbelievable. I know. You know, we've had our own where Xhaka, it wasn't anything that made us lose the game, thank God. But, you know, where Xhaka got booked for diving and then... Um, that's a bit random. But, yeah, a bit of a random thing. But, yeah, I love Anders Um Yeah, where was I? What was I oh, yes. And, you know, but, you know the one get, guy gets booked for diving. The other guy doesn't get booked for diving in the same game. Um, it's just so... Ridiculous, and obviously there's the same referee involved in when it's the same game. So how can you not have consistency there? Things like that, and you know, dang- obviously dangerous tackles going completely. Uh, I mean, Romero should have been sent off in both games so far this season. Yeah, clearly, his, and was his name's not Granite Xhaka, and he does have a cannon in his shirt. Nothing gets yeah. done. Just so. yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Sorry, um, but yeah, the, the referee. Now, I don't want to get bogged down the referee. It's no. boring. We don't need to talk it's about what it's just. Just repeat ourselves every week, otherwise. I know exactly. There's more important things and more interesting yeah. things to talk about. The important thing we won. We won our game. I think the main thing was we won yesterday. We're going to Bournemouth away from home on, on Sky. We're going to win there more likely as well, confidence-wise, the way that's going. We might have two months by then. Rumour has it, he hasn't left the Emirates yet. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Well, obviously, he didn't have the best of the game again yesterday and people saying, oh, well, we, sh- yeah, we shouldn't buy him anyway because he was- didn't play well on the day. But, but you, know, I, you can't forget how good he is as a player and he would improve our squad. And I'm sure working with, under Mikel Arteta in this team, he would just come, you know, bring the best out of him, you know, get back to the best form that we all know that he's got. So I still would love to get him on board. Um, you, but nothing seems to be happening. No, do you think Granite though, yesterday, knowing that there must, he must, he must know that obviously of all the positions in the midfield, he's, if Timmons was to come in, even if he weren't coming, Zinchenko's there, but his position in the midfield is the one that most up fit. Do you think his performance yesterday was a, a message to Timmons? If you are going to come, I'm not going to go mm. down lightly. Yeah, I think it's 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 only going to be a good thing for the squad, isn't it? If yeah. Granite says you're getting my position over my dead body and plays out of his skin for the rest of the season, then happy days. You know, <laughs> none of us are going to be complaining about that, are we? Um, so uh, it's the same for Kieran Tierney. It's the same for Tommy Asu. It's the same for loads of um, players across the pitch. They've got competition now for... Their, their place and um, you know Martinelli and Smith Rowe obviously having a battle and the only winner is going to be Arsenal at the end of the day mm. so uh, if Granite starts thinking like that then great you know because he needs that pressure on him he said in the All or Nothing documentary didn't he that yeah he wants the pressure that's why he's a professional footballer that mm. comes with the job and he, he thrives on it so bring in someone like uh, Tiedemans and um, we'll see how he carries on performing. 
Yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. And as we said, take it, take it game by game. Especially we keep. I keep saying people will get bored with saying it, but we've got a World Cup slap bang in the middle of the season, which means we're going to get a congestion of games before the World Cup. So we need to do, make the most of what we've got. Make the most of this time frame, and literally the rotations in our squad going to be um, going to be interesting, so we say. And just praying, praying, touch a lot of wood that uh, we get no injuries or long term injuries, even if it's little niggles, no injuries whatsoever. Because I think finally we have got, in terms of when we have a fully fit squad, we do seem, to, it does seem very, very strong now. Like I was saying yesterday, the lineup came out that um, we compared the bench from yesterday to the previous week, it looked so much stronger just with two players coming back. Sorry, I am here. My, my fans just bloody stopped working. Well, wow, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's not what you need in this heat. <laughs> no, so, no. Yeah. Oh my god! But no, I was saying, I was saying, literally comparing yesterday's bench to my, um, the, the bench against Palace. Obviously, the Palace bench we we saw we failed. We saw the weaknesses there mm. in terms of how lightweight it looked. Compare it to like yesterday, where we took Tommy Ashley Smith Rowe and Tinny all came back. Suddenly, our straight our bench even looked stronger. Yeah, like we had more options if we wanted. Yeah, definitely. And it's only going to get even better when uh, Vieira's properly back on, you know, in contention, so yeah. he can have a position on the bench. And if we do bring another couple of players in, they're going to be on the bench too, unless they dislodge other people straight away. In which yeah. case. Those starters will be on the bench. I mean, yeah. It's a win-win or either way around. So, um, it's honestly, the, the whole squad is like chalk and cheese from this time last year, isn't it, already, mm. just within 12 months. Yeah. So, um, it's very, very exciting, really exciting the way things are going. And um, every player want, really wants to be here. You know, might have still have the other one or two. You know, most obviously, you know, players like Nicolas Pepe, I'm sure, are a bit up in the air. But, the, you know, these players are very fringe players anyway at the moment now. Um, mm. Ainsley and, you know, Reese and players like that. So the, we've got a few players that are probably still, you know, hard got one foot off the boat, if, if you like. But um, it's only looking good. It's only looking really positive. And I've been joking, obviously, today and yesterday that we're going to do a Leicester 2016 and just surprise people <laughs> go and win the league this year. But I'm only like, I'm obviously joking about winning the league, but I think I still think we're going to have an amazing season and, and shock quite a lot of teams along and professionals along the way. Cause how many, it, we all saw that um, graphic that was going doing the rounds uh, before the season kicked off with all the professional pundits mm. and predicting well, their top, yeah, their, their league table. And I think only one, person, I can't remember who it was now, one person had Arsenal in the top four, didn't they? Out of, what, 20-odd? Oh, bloody hell, I think yeah. it was. Um, yeah. so Neville, just... They had the uh, the usual suspects, City, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Tottenham. Tottenham. I think Chelsea, pretty much I think pretty much all of them had Chelsea and Man United mm. pro- ha- having more of a chance of finishing in the top four than we, us, yeah. you know, Arsenal. And I hope they're going to have egg on their faces very, very quickly because, I mean, wow, the main, we haven't even spoken about the Man United game yet. <laughs> it's, just, it's just unbelievably hilarious. Long may I could, continue. 
I mean, even even they surpassed themselves yesterday by going 4-0 down after 34 minutes. <laughs> it was just brilliant. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was just Making laughing. The, of the day goes by. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's probably jumped right ahead to the beginning, uh, the front of the, the sack race already. Old uh, Ten Hag. That would surprise me at all. But we've got a, we've got a, we've got a couple of questions from uh, Nemeth in the chat and we've got one question from Ray as well. I don't know. I don't know do we really want to take Stuart's question seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how, we, how many questions we get in. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few questions in the chat as well, but we'll go with the first one from Nemeth. He was asking, do you think we'll sign anyone else during this summer? Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, my fans have come back on. I'm well happy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the little things in there. It is, yeah. <laughs> We're sitting here sweating. We, uh, yeah, you don't. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll stop the, the sentence there. Um, yes, I do. Yeah, I do think we'll sign a couple more players, to be honest. Um, well, I say a couple more. I think we'll definitely sign one, possibly two. And everyone's seen, again, probably the image that's been doing the rounds so far of. Um, Edu flying off to Valencia or wherever mm. it was um, earlier Valencia, today. Um, yeah. Um, so that looks quite positive considering we're very strongly linked to Jeremy Pino, who's um, looks really quite an exciting mm-hmm. young player. Um, so that we'll see how, how, how that goes. But I, I still got a sneaking suspicion we will get another midfielder in as well. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I mean, just to answer the question. I do think, yeah, we'll get another forward player and midfielder. Yeah, I, reckon, I do say, as I say, the fact that we, we, we've seen it go do the bounce today in terms of going to Valencia this morning, jumping on a plane to Valencia this morning by the Luton Airport and all that. Um, I think that would be the winger in terms of, I think that would be the next one, position-wise we'll sort out, the looks of it, but going by what we're seeing today. I mean, I I, I've said... In terms of Tienemans, I think that'd be the last thing we do. I think in general, Tienemans or another central midfielder, I think that'd be the mm. last thing we do in this window. I stand by it until until improved, until, until improved otherwise. I think that'd be the case. I've so got a vision of um, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, say I've got a vision that right late on in the window, Tienemans might hand in a transfer request just to push it through. I just sorry, as I've seen Stuart's um, <laughs> his comment in the WhatsApp group. Oh, no. oh, is there a new a new one after the question? Like, I think he's watching. He just said, "No, genuine question." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, we'll answer it later. <laughs> the listeners and the watchers, you guys have no idea. Wait till you hear the question, and you'll understand. <laughs> no, but sorry, you didn't try. But yeah, you're saying. We've got this vision of last uh, team and ending the contract request, um, transfer request. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think so. I it's just it's all down to posturing about uh, the fee. Um, they're just Arsenal are just going to try and get in a reduced fee. Uh, yeah. I think he will just really want the move. Um, and yeah, he probably may well a day or two to go, you know, even on transfer deadline day, it might be one yeah. of those situations where he hands in a transfer request. Just to force the, uh, force the uh, issue, basically. Like, no, I don't want to be yeah. 
this is where I want to go. Let me go. I feel I kind of feel sorry for the Leicester fans though, because in the midst of all this, they've lost obviously. Uh, I don't feel sorry for them one bit, but yeah. In, no, in the sense, <laughs> of, obviously, with the ownership um, coming up from the championship, they won the league. They've maintained a sort of establishment with the club now, part of the furniture. They've got themselves into Europe. They've brought in Brendan Rodgers as well to get him that one step further. Won the FA Cup. They won the FA Cup, but he bottled fourth twice, two times in a row on the last mm. day. And then, and then, literally, obviously, with the owner's situation as well, in part, in passing away, he did, and his son taking over. Then winning the FA Cup in his in his memory and all that. Then that, and just that, over this year, it just seems like whatever. For me, it just feels like the owner doesn't have faith in Brendan anymore. He literally just yeah. like whatever's gone on last year. There's something's gone on clearly because he doesn't. They don't sign no one. And they might like, they might sell um, their, their centre back as well. Uh, before yeah, the end of the they look, yeah. They're they're it looks like the team the team has just wanted that for over a year now. It looks like they're going to lose him. Newcastle want Madison. Chelsea want Fafana for eighty five million. Oh well, they're, they're going to get him for twenty five now. They need to. They owe us a massive bottle of wine because after yesterday's performance, Martinelli ripping him to shreds must have halved his transfer fee at least. <laughs> so. Yeah, for fun, they did struggle massively in terms yeah, of yeah. Martinelli end. ripped him a new one, to be honest. No, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like you've gone through, you've like got, you got this great squad, and there's just out of nowhere, they, they all either they either won out or it's in the clubs. It doesn't seem to have, either have the gumption to sack the manager, don't have faith in, or are willing to sacrifice the squad for a short on the short term for the long term. For the long term, in terms of short term, they'll get rid of, eventually get rid of Brendan once they do well, the magic seven games. If, um, if they, I mean, if the worst case scenario happened for them, and they sold Madison um, for Farner and Tiedemans, I would, I would seriously question whether they would stay in the league. Mm. I put them right up there as really I mean, struggling for for relegation because look at last season; they were dreadful last season already. And in the, you look at yesterday's game twice; they got they, they both. both both goals that are scored are handed in basically because poor, poor goalkeeping and poor just communication for the poor communication and goalkeeping and defending for the first goal. Whatever it was, just not one individual mistake, but it was collected there. Then the poor goalkeeping for the the uh, medicine goal. But in both incidences, within a minute of that, of them getting themselves back into contention for the game, we got the other end and put the ball back in the net and killed the game off again. Mm. And that's right. we've not seen that from Leicester for a while. Not again. I was praising it from the Arsenal perspective. Mm. I love to see that. It's like that sort of how dare you score against us? Now we're going to punish you the first opportunity. And we did. Um, but yeah, for your, if you're a Leicester fan, you must be very, very, very worried about what your season holds up. They've got no, they've got no, no European football this year either because they fed out all the spots. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. Imagine they do. Imagine they do get relegated. Bloody hell! I I can't I can't believe that they uh, or one of the other clubs. I can't believe really didn't push forward with their interest in Leno. Um, I mm. mean, look at their goalkeeper yesterday. He's he's showing that he's hardly had any football in the last few years. Um, so he looked really dodgy. 
um, for a start. You know, they were weren't they one of the other clubs that were just slightly rumoured to be interested in Ainsley as well at some stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they need something. They, if they go through the, this window and not assign any players, it would just be quite frankly unbelievable. You know, mm. for a club like Leicester. Um, anyway, I don't know why we're talking so much about that. Yeah, no, but yeah, no, it's it's, um, it's funny old situation down there, that's for sure. That really yeah. is. It is what it is. But another question from Nemeth as well. What do you guys think of Josh after watching All or Nothing? The documentary is referring to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's... We've had the conversation before about the Cronkies quite recently as well, haven't we? Um, I've, the one thing that gives me real hope is that as as I mentioned was it last week mm. or the week before about Amy Lawrence who's mm. obviously met him and interviewed him and she was asked a question on the uh, Handbrake Off podcast with The Athletic saying um, and I think one of them said well if he if he does love he, he says he loves Arsenal you have to take it with a pinch of salt but and her reply was, he does love Arsenal. He does love the club. Mm. Um, and she's obviously a real, real staunch Arsenal fan. You can't find a bigger Arsenal fan than her, obviously, across the years. So I'll take her word for that. And that gives me a, that gave me a lot of hope when I heard her say that, because I do trust what she says, because uh, she's only got the best, the club's best interests at heart. Yeah, she's a, she's one of us herself. So, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So that that that's really good. I really really enjoyed hearing those words come out of her mouth. And um, I'll reiterate what I've said before. I'm content. I'm not going to go overboard, but I'm content with the ownership at the moment. Though they've made big errors, but it looks like they are doing their absolute best to. Um, make them right, um, and they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But we could have far worse owners <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, uh, we don't have to relitigate everything they've done wrong. We've been through it all in several podcasts recently, and we all know all the issues that they've they've had in the past. Um, but what I'm seeing on the pitch and what they're doing, uh, you know, they're. they're they're not just talking the talk, they're walking the walk at the moment with regards to the backing they've given the manager, the amount of money they're putting into the club. Don't know. We'll never find out 100% that probably where the money's properly come from hmm. for all these signings. But at the end of the day, they are liable for it, whatever happens, because they're the owners of the club 100%. So they're liable for all this money and they're willing to spend it and back the manager. So regardless of where it comes from, they are doing the right thing. Um, yeah. So since 2018, um, they've corrected the mistakes of the wrong hires that they made at the top of the club mm. uh, eventually. And now it looks like they've got all the right people in place and they're, they're fulfilling this plan that they've all laid out. So um, I'm quite happy at the moment, quite content. Yeah. Um, again, we've touched on this before, but yeah, I mean, we've seen him, we saw him briefly in the first two episodes, in the first 
well, mainly the first episode. It was in the start of the second, I think. But I don't the, like his beard, by the way. That's one thing no, I don't like. It does need to change up. The, 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 COVID looks, beard, uh, the COVID beard needs to go. Utterly ridiculous, mate. <laughs> so that's the one thing I don't like about him. Very <laughs> stringy, long and stringy. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like cat weasel or something like that. Yeah. If you know, you know. Um, but no, in terms of what we saw, again, what we saw in the documentary as well was very how, how even though when, when Josh does it, he is in the country, beyond the scenes, how how hands on he is. And in terms of keeping an eye on things and making sure Arteta's okay, Edu's okay, not just day to day wise, but in terms of their mental health, their mental well being, how they are behaving basically in terms of their body language and things like that and that 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 goes down that does mean a lot to obviously the people in question obviously that when things get tough and all that it's good to know that your owner does have that side of him where you're actually well in terms of josh anyway will have that side of him where you'll actually put a hand out and see it make put an arm around and not basically be one of them ones that quick fire up bang and obviously, we've seen that in terms of how we've approached this well, just over two and a half years of Arteta so far. There's been moments where you thought, this is it, he's gone. But they're stuck with him. They're stuck with him. They've got the back to him. They're two years in the trot now. Two... Again, I've been proven wrong. I, I had my hands up back in, back in May. I said this is a big summer because I wanted to be proven wrong in terms of how last summer went about. Because obviously, it was at the back of the, uh, last summer, I was in the back of the. Uh, Super League palaver, and I, uh, and I wanted to be proven wrong because I didn't want I, the, the, the negative side of me. I say the negative side of me was thinking that the transfer window last year was just a uh, shut up the fans, sort of. We, yeah, we fucked up, but we need to do something to shut the fans up, sort of thing. Spend the money, uh, do whatever you want, go and do it. And then we don't, but and I, was, I, I was hoping we'd continue this year, and we have, but there's a cynical side of me is thinking. It was just a one-off thing, and thankfully it hasn't been. We've gone and gone out, and have been back together. I think we're either the top or second highest team, spending-wise. This in Europe again this this summer so far. There's still what two and a half weeks to go. Mm. As I say, we are, we are looking at because we are looking at midfielders. So that that total so far could even surpass last year's total. So they are backing him, but this is a big criticism of the under Emery. They didn't really back him because he wanted players they got. Alternative, basically, but he wanted um, Stephen and Zonzi. We got into the <clears> today. He they got the players from the up the upside down instead of the yeah. players from the actual world that he wanted. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually wanted Thomas Partey as well. <laughs> I want to fast forward a year after he, was it nine ten months after he left. What do you go and do? Go and get Thomas Partey. He's thinking, mm. you bastards. Where was this last year? <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll to, well, yeah it's, it's, it's looking good. There's a bit, a lot of people, even the neutrals, neutrals are saying about this, and from like media and you know, rival fans and all are saying this documentary has actually been a blessing for Arsenal and the Cronkies and uh, Josh anyway. Don't know because I've eighteen stand at all, but Josh because obviously Josh he's been the uh, first enforcer of the KSC in terms of the company, in terms of owning the club, running the club. It's been, it's, it has, there's no one apart from a certain striker who's been asked, um, raised, asked a question about it a bit. I'll get into mm. a bit. Apart from that one, that situation, episode four into episode five, 
that on that one player, everyone else has come out smelling of roses so far in terms of play, uh, players themselves, the, the Sackers, Smith, Rose, other guards. Um, Jack, granted, Jack in the last episode, when he had when he was doing his, his interview at home with his daughters and his wife, and his wife interviewed Arteta, even, even on and off the pitch in terms of in the dressing room, how he behaves, how he acts to bad a game, a bad, a, re, a really bad game. And in terms of the 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 main one was obviously that not the Nottingham Forest game, going off a bit here, but yeah. how Arteta reacted at a full time, how he was so angry with the team, how they did he felt they hadn't performed, and he just vented. He completely didn't let anyone talk. He just went bang, vent, 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 and then just turned around and walked out and left him to it. Yeah, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I've loved seeing that because these are things I wanted to see. And in terms of going back to Gronkies, in terms of Joss, we are seeing how could we hear things that he does. We, we've heard these things before the documentary that he, he is very hands-on. He does this. He did da, 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 He does come to visit. But we wanted to see the proof. We wanted to see that instead of just taking people's word for it. Cause you, can just take, you can just be told, like, oh, okay, well, you've said it. You're a credible source, so we're going to believe you as well. Whereas now we can we physically have seen it. There's no getting around it. And it's like everyone's come out smelling of roses so far. And Josh has been in one of them. And it does seem, in the long run, in the in the long run, actually, um, since come after the little stint at the start of their full ownership, where they make, again another thing I like about Josh is that yeah we may we have made mistakes since since becoming full owners in 2018. We made mistakes at the beginning. We 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 understand that we hold our hands up, but it's how we, like any company, is how you how you deal with that, how you react to that, how you move on from that. And mm. since then, since the last nulls up back back in um, the back end of the, um, the the lockdown season with the uh, European Super League, so I've got brain freeze there because fucking brain's gone dead. Um. Since then, we've not had anything to complain about the Conkeys because they've backed the manager, they've got behind, they've stuck by him in the difficult times at the start of last season, and they continue to back, back him. But they're all this mm. season, yeah, exactly. Not much else to say on it. I think it's yeah. um, you know, looking good at the moment. And along when that I mean, it, could be, it could be worse, you could we could be Man United fans. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, 100%. We could be Everton fans and all. <laughs> oh my god. Just imagine. Bloody hell. The thing is, that's another thing in terms of, again, another thing we sort of we didn't realize at the time, but we sort of escaped it was obviously the other potential potential ownership that we could have had that would have yeah. us last back, back in the last season. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. with Chelsea. Mr. Spotify as well. Yeah, yeah, Spot Mr. Spotify popped up and disappeared after he got his little visit to the North London Derby, Von Rhee and all that, and then suddenly he's gone quiet. Yeah. Oh dear. Um let's go off questions before we go to race question. There's a not a question, but just comment here from Alpha Alpha Eagle says apparently uh, Ten Hag made the sorry, made the United players run thirteen point eight kilometers kilometers or whatever. He, he cancelled their day off today and tried uh, better be off today. He brought them all in apparently. Where the hell did he come up with thirteen point eight? Why didn't he just say fourteen? Just do the four, yeah, you, you close that just, that's just being pedantic, that is. 
<laughs> oh, my day. And I've got a sort of question going back to Leicester. We talked about before, and MF mm. asking, Why did they sell Casper? Obviously, Casper was smart. He was, was world class. I don't think it was against, I don't think it was of their own wanting. It was, no, he I just wanted know. to move on. Yeah. And these were the new ownership and new money and all that. Think about it. But yeah. Um, they probably they, wouldn't give him the length of contract because he's, what, 35, I think. They probably wouldn't give him the length of contract that he wanted, and Nice would. Um, but he also, he, he just wanted a new, um, just a fresh start, didn't he, somewhere? Yeah. I don't know. I, think, I don't know if they said in the chat. We was in earlier, but Richard's questioning now. Um, thoughts on Uber potentially joining Chelsea? They clearly need a striker. A bit torn on this one, to be honest. Um, well, I saw the question that. earlier. Yeah. I can't. I can't really give a definitive answer on how I feel about it, really, because on one hand, I'm like, he's gone. Don't care. He can do what he likes. And um, on the other hand. You know, if he comes back to Chelsea and starts banging in the goals, uh, especially if he scores against us, you'll never hear the end of it from all these idiots on, on Twitter, even though it was complete and utter fact that he had to go in the end. We've all seen it with our own eyes now from the All or Nothing documentary about what happened as well. Mm. Um, and the fact that he wasn't scoring goals for us at all, you know, all us fans, well, not all of us fans, I keep, I don't like, I'm going to stop doing all the generalisation, but there were a lot of fans who were really slagging him off, saying he's not running for us, he doesn't care, um, he's just given up on the pitch. Um, and our own fan base was going after him in, in droves mm. as well. So he had to go, uh, we had to get the money off the wage bill, otherwise he would have been saddled for another season after, after the last season as well. So it was the right thing to do. So if he comes back and it just stirs up the hornet's nest again, and we can all do without that because we've all got such good feeling towards the club at the moment, towards the manager, and there's never been a better feeling inside the stadium for years. So I don't want all this sort of muck stirred up again. Um, what I will say, I mean, if he did come back, he probably would start off like a house on fire, like he did at Barcelona, and then he would just tail off again, like like he's done at Barcelona, like he's done everywhere else. So, um, I'm, I'm really torn. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. I mean, what's, well, how are you feeling about it? Because one thing, they were talking about £21 million. Pounds. For he's got £33. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, he's a thirty-three-year-old striker. Yeah, it'll be a short-term fix for a long-term problem. Then about to square one. And They'll pay him a fortune. He'll get the massive contract like he did with us, and then he'll yeah. be rubbing his hands together because he's he's got a contract for two or three years on massive wages, and they will have the same problem that we had. And the thing is that they won't get the initial success that we got in terms of goals galore and maybe another trophy. The trophy and all that, it'll literally right. he'll arrive, and as you say, you'll get what he wants in terms of a contract, the cut down for contract and wages, and he'll be like, no, 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 no. The thing is, I don't think if he comes back, 
he'll hit the ground running like he did when he came to us all them years ago. Right, it's about not to now. And as we saw yeah. after we signed that contract, well, the last one with us, he struggled. Either he fell off the cliff, or it, that, that last six months, especially the last last season before we got rid of him, he was hitting the post, he, was, he was hitting the post from an open goal with mm. Newcastle. Mm. It just didn't seem bothered. I mean, we went to the Anfield in the league last season. We're doing a watch long for that. And he's, he's walking. And we've seen the, we've seen the documentary going into that episode. He wanted he wanted these players run, run through brick walls. Don't go missing. Sorry, I mean, we're missing that game. He just walked away. He was just walking around the pitch. He wasn't putting pressure on the defence or nothing. No, no. And I think this is again. This is what Chelsea got to consider. I know Tuchel's got that relationship with him, but Tuchel's got to remember. He had to suspend Aubameyang twice for doing what he did at what he did at Arsenal because what he did that at Dortmund to come to Arsenal in the first place. Mm. And he was kicking up the fuss. So he's got to take, he's got to take that in consideration. Well, there's there may be there's there's not even big pros in it, like major pros in it anymore. There's a possible pro if he comes and hits the ground running. But it's, there's more cons than the, the, the cons massively weight out the pros now with Aubameyang. You see, that's... If, he, if he does go, that's up to him. He's got a new squad numbers. I don't, I, I don't see it happening. If I'm brutally honest, but you never know. If he does come, I honestly don't. I'm not fearful. I'm not going. Oh no, it, they've got a goal scorer now because it won't he, last. He went, he went to Barcelona, hit the ground running for a few months, and now he's gone off the gas again. But we were a lot more worried when they bought Lukaku. Yeah, and look what happened to him. You know. Aubameyang might come in and might score on his debut or something like that, but we know for a fact it ain't going to last. Mm. We know that because history tells us that and he's only going to go one way from now on because of his age. And yeah. he's, not, he's not a Lewandowski or um, you know, these one of the, uh, Benzema who are the similar sort of age, but they're still hyper... Sort of um, motivated, but he's not like that. No, he just wants the money at this stage of his life to for, keep wrapping his cars. You know, that's all he needs the money for now. And pay mm. for his uh, massive mansions and fleets of cars that he's got. So like, he's not motivated by being the, one of the best players in the world, like Lewandowski is or mm. Benzema is. It's just not that kind of player, and we've seen it with our own eyes. So I'm not really concerned, to be honest. Deep another, down, yeah. Another, sorry, another thing that Chelsea need to take into consideration <clears throat> now, as you said before, we've all seen how the fallout and how how it all went about the fallout in terms of in terms of Aubameyang and what actually and how, when it happened, how what, and how who who was in the wrong throughout the entire process of him going. From being suspended to losing the armband to actually going, and I said this, and I was watching doing the thing on Thursday with um, with Gary. I was watching, was watching we're, we're sitting here watching it, and I'm watching him. That when just before he lost, just before he lost the armband, when he got the initially got suspended, it was just as a just about to announce it to the players, his teammates, that he's continuing continuing to be suspended, um, training his own. And by the way, he's he's, off, he's no longer the club captain. He's sitting in a room on his own, just sitting there, still mm. in the centre space. And it's, his body language straight from there on in gave you that suggestion. He just gave up. He was like, "I don't want to be here." 
and then you see the little clips where he's being taken out to his for his training one-on-one -on -one training and again his body language how he's talking to the coach and all that it's just you knew he didn't want to be there he knew he, he, he could tell he'd given up he just he did that he did have that fight and for no. Chelsea under new ownership and all that do they really want to take on a player that doesn't have that fight about him anymore like you've said about obviously he just wants to grab his cars or whatever and to also where on a day on a transfer deadline day when he's meant to be at the club training ground training he does what he does in terms yeah, of, that of was, Barcelona that was massively eye-opening wasn't it actually yeah when <laughs> you realise he's in Barcelona who <laughs> really Uber signed Barcelona okay I know it's, it's unbelievable what Edu's like reaction. Is he really? I, like, think, I think that moment, and obviously him seeing the video, but show me, show me the phone anyone, show me the video. Hmm. I thought it was actually even not someone close up resembling of him. Oh, okay, okay. And then I think that that before he, before he made the phone call to the representative, I think that was a nail in the coffin for him to fully be on our set aside. Hundred percent, yeah. Because obviously. In the build-up set, it was asked by the producer, obviously, um, asking the questions. Is it easy? For, is, was it easy? For, is it easy for you to back our tent in these, in these situations? And you went, and obviously, as we know, you wouldn't know because you've got to take all the, you've got to take all these factors in, into consideration. It's a fan favourite. He scores goals. Da 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 da. da. The, play, the players love him. Da da da. It's like, but in that moment, I think that was the final. Because obviously, they're working on it up to that point. But I think that was the nail in the coffin that he was like, you know what? I'll tell Mikel's right. Mikkel, in this situation, Mikkel is the, is doing the right thing here in the for the for the long term, not just short term, but for the long term as well. Yeah, and definitely. he was just like, you know what, we're not, we're not going to bend the knee for him, but we're going to make them sweat, and then we'll get what we want one way or the other. But it was just like that enough's enough. That sort of, and the, when he when he makes that phone call to Bamyang's rep, and a Bam, and the rep says basically, oh, he's got his dad, he got family out in Barcelona, his dad's there. Yeah, Edu, Edu's response was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're in Disneyland world. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Even he had enough at that point. And he's like, nah. And again, I, I, I like it about Edu because it, it shows he has. He'll be nice to you and all that. He's got this. He won't cause any problems. But if you, if you fucking about, and he, he knows you're fucking about. You won't suffer no fall, basically. The end yeah. go, oh, okay, no problem, sort of thing. I'll believe you. He's not, he's not wet behind the ear. He'll actually come back. For, I mean, the comeback was brilliant, as I say. But yeah. And Chelsea, my point is, if Chelsea then, <coughs> sorry, after seeing all that, now that's Ed out in the open, still want to go after someone like him, like yourselves yeah. out, because you're going to have Good to say yeah, Exactly, yeah. yeah. In a few months' time, you're going to have the same issue, and then what, you're stuck down, you're stuck down under new, new ownership, by the way. Stuck with a 33 going on 34 year old player who doesn't want to be at your club anymore for six months, who ain't and it, it, who isn't giving you anything on the pitch either, just like a carpet. Hmm. But it's what that's to say, they've took good luck to them. If they didn't want to do that, knock themselves out. It helps us, it benefits us because obviously, then it, it's strength. We've got a stronger squad, and as as, we, as we've seen, and you know, that, I know it's only been three in two games in the league. But we're stronger. We're, we're so far. We're much more stronger without him. Yeah, as a definitely. whole. And it's strength. As I say, if they do that, it weak, it'll weaken them. But it'll strengthen us because we can just go. Okay, we know he's going to turn up for you, especially against us. Boom. 
and we'll just crack on and do our thing for this season and pull away. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. We've got another question here from Colonel. Is saying, is saying, who would win if we match up the old Arsenal teams against each other, like seventy-one versus eighty-nine team, and the ninety-one team versus the two thousand and four team? Who do you reckon wins? Well, it's so hard. I mean, I wasn't old. I'm not old enough to obviously remember watching the seventy-one team. It's only ever things I've seen on video. Um, but the eighty-nine team, to me, just had so much grit and determination and skill and you know motivation from the manager. It was unbelievable. So, I mean, I'm going to be biased on the first one, say the 89 team, because it's obviously <laughs> my sort of generation, as is the mm. 91 team as well, yeah. which was amazing. I mean, they should have been invincible as well. The original invincible, they should have been, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely should have been. So, um, I mean, the eight, the 91, for me, the first one, uh, as much as I love the 1971 team as well, for me, it's got to be the 89 team. Mm-hmm. That is purely down to my personal bias because of my age. Um, but the 91 team and the 2004 team is actually harder than you think because the 91 team was vastly underrated, massively mm. underrated. Yeah. They, you could, I mean, we let in 18 goals for the whole season in that season. Yeah. 18 goals. We have a, so, a new goalkeeper in goal as well. Yeah. Placing John Lukic. Yeah. So there's a lot of prime players in there as well. Um, and the defence is pretty much unrivaled to this day. Mm. <laughs> Not even like with a massively biased Arsenal Hound. I think a lot of people who know about football will say that as well. Mm. I mean, the 91 team, but David O'Leary in that defence as well. David Seaman just came in that first season. David O'Leary, you got Dicko, you got Winterburn. Adams, Bold. Yeah, exactly. You got uh, uh, Mickey Thomas, Davis, Rowcastle, Rowcastle, Kev Campbell, just that is his first full season. Ian like, Wright, Limpar, we mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's just a great team, really underrated mm. team. But the only thing is what you have to get on board with is the differences in football across the years as well and the, the advances in technology mm. and medicine yeah <laughs> I know exactly um, the advances in football uh, with regards to medicine and diet and nutrition and uh, exercise and technology the 90 the, sorry the 2014 Mm. Invincibles were just so far ahead of their time, weren't they? Yeah. With regards to that, so the, the slick football is like nothing I've ever seen before or seen since. It really, it was just breathtaking. It's far, far, far better to watch than any Man City team we've ever put out. Um, the past, the, the pace in our attack. Uh, from defence to attack and transition was unbelievable. I've never seen it before. 
<coughs> excuse me. Mm. So I would have to reluctantly sort of say that 2014 would be able to overrun the 1991 team because of just the way that it, the football had advanced over the years more than yeah. anything. The fitness was a completely different different situation. Yeah, I mean, they were still down the Tuesday club at the time, didn't they? The 1991 team were going out of the piss and, you know, the fitness levels of the 2014 would just blitz them, I think. Just, yeah, think about it, yeah, just a tad of on, look, Joe 14, John Rees, Vortor, Carney, Burkham, the attack, Vieira, uh, Gilberto, Edu, Ray Parler, yeah. um, Freddie Perez, trying to think, um, Ashley Cole, Nathback, Sol Campbell, Sol Campbell, uh, Lorraine, Lens mad German, Lens Lehman, <clears throat> Uh, the whole King, team, Ross, yeah, the whole, the whole squad as a whole. But even if a player was injured, like for, uh, one of the first eleven, you someone would come in and they wouldn't look out of place. You knew they wouldn't no. look out of place. You still had confidence in them. The, that it's just that unit that they had, and as you say, the fitness, especially the, the likes of the um, the parlors and the uh, Keown and all that had come through that generation as well into the. The invincible side. It was just, even though they would say it was different, it was different levels, different, different, different gravy because of what Wenger then had transformed football in, not just for the club, but for the entire country. As you say, the fitness level just went through the roof compared to what we had in 91. It's like the Tuesday club and all that. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, we close, I reckon. Yeah, no one can disrespect that 1991 team. Um, it was just a phenomenal team. And mm. although we had the boring, boring Arsenal tag, because we just kept winning games, 1-0, 1-0, mm. all this sort of stuff, we were far from boring that season. We were the mm. top scorers in the league, but we also were the, the miserliest defence, you know, both, like mm. I said, only letting in 18 goals. So although we were incredibly solid defensively, we were free scoring as well. Yeah. Exciting in attack. So... And it, I do genuinely think it's one of the most underrated sides that there's been, that 1991 side. So I'm never, ever going to disrespect them, but and I love them so much. You know, it's just my prime sort of, you know, youth years watching them and uh, going down Highbury most weeks. But um, I have to say, just because of the advancements in everything um, from the Premier League era, uh yeah, I'll, I'll take 2014 to beat most teams on their day in history. <laughs> I mean, mm. you name it, any other of the greatest teams in, across the world has ever seen, mm. the 2004 side on their day, their best day, could beat most teams. Uh, and then if I think, yeah, no, it did come in 93, it came in the end of the 91 season, so we just, beat, just won the league, he even said we, yeah. He came to us as he came to us as You're defending right. champions, so it would have been summer after we won that title. But then he, he, he had to. He came to us as we were defending champions. We couldn't. We didn't win a title until '98, when he was at the door. Then, yeah, no, that's very true. Thanks for the correction. Yeah, my mistake. But we still have. Let's just say, Harry Groves, Ian, Ian. I can got me saying now. Kevin Campbell, Alan, Alan Smith, Smithy. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing players, an amazing attack. 
midfield. If it resets, I don't think I was going to say, you mentioned it. I, I never really thought about it before, but now you mentioned it. I never really, I don't really get because of get it because obviously, whenever it's an anniversary for like the seventy X amount of years after seventy one, the club, like, the club and all that do something. It's always talked about online. Eighty nine, right? So talked about, done, stuff's done. Not, you know, the, the, the Invincible team. After it was it when the, when the Invincibles um, anniversary came on the ten year, the club the, the club did something. They, they're doing then. It's always obviously celebrated. But the ninety one was never. Doesn't really get when it comes to the anniversaries. No, and do you know really what? Mentioned. The other thing was obviously we had the points deduction as well, and we, yeah. we were all singing. You know, one of the best times. You know, you can all shove your two points up your ass. When we read the two points point deduction, you still won the league by a canter. Yeah. It was just phenomenal. And that's when we had that famous George Graham speech about everyone hates us and yeah. got to use it to our good effect. The media hate us. You know, public enemies number one. And uh, it just galvanised the whole squad together. It just made us even stronger. And it was, it was just a brilliant, brilliant team and a brilliant season. Um, one that we should we should spend more time talking about and thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never uh, you mentioned. I've never really thought about, it, but obviously mentioning it, I just thought about it. We never actually, as I say, never really celebrate it. Like the anniversaries, nothing. Nothing. Never really gets talked about, even online. It doesn't really get talked about to the level of an 80, the eighty nine, the seventy one, and the invincibles. Mm. Even the ninety eight, even even the double winning ninety eight team gets talked about more. Yeah, I know. No, there's only like the 18 me worth me saying that, but I'm just saying, all all our recent, you know, you know, in recent times, all them title wins in the recent times have always been celebrated. But as I say, the 91 just doesn't get the that recognition for some reason. And it was lost one defeat, one game, one defeat, and that's only because our captain was serving his uh, time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, obviously, football values TV with that comment on the screen. Yeah, exactly what I just said. I cut, you know. Totally and utterly agree. I loved every minute of going to Highbury that season. And mm-hmm. um, the next question, with regards to just quickly, because it, it covers over for me, because I've mentioned this before, and I'm sorry for yeah. telling you again loads of times, Ryan, but I used to go and see the, the reserves every week for free. I loved it. And um, Andy Cole, I saw Andy Cole play, you know, all weeks, week after week in the Arsenal reserves around that sort of time. Mm. And I, uh, I genuinely said to my mates, he's going to play for England one day. He's that good. <clears throat> and obviously he did. He went on to bigger and better, not bigger yeah. and better things. That's the wrong thing to say, but he went away, from the, kids, away from the club. Yeah. Um, but silly question, no, Nimeth. I'm sorry, mate, but that's, there's only one for me. It's like Ian Wright every single day of the week. Um, it's Colonel made a question, and then Nemeth comes in and says, Andy Cole's a better oh, player. Oh, sorry. It's Colonel. Nemeth yeah, yeah. says, Andy Cole's a better player, but Wrighty was better, was better for Arsenal. Well, yeah, but Wrighty was just Wrighty, wasn't he? He's just so much more to him. I mean, yeah. Andy Cole wasn't a better player, Nemeth, but he had a better career in terms of silverware, one, mm. because of where he went. Mm. But if... An absolute prime Ian Wright was a much better player than a prime Ian Andy Cole. I'm sorry, but he was. Mm. You know, you can't forget the fact that Ian Wright came to us so late in his career. Yeah, uh, uh, 27, 28, whatever he was. So I can't the exact age. 
but he was getting on a bit when he came to Arsenal. He started his football career so much later, as we all know. We all know the story. But there was no better finish and no better the striker on his day than Ian Wright. You know, Andy Cole was a goal machine for a, a certain you know club, certain two clubs mainly, mm. um, because of everyone that was around him and everything. He just ran onto and scored goals for fun as well. But I still think Ian Wright was a, a better all-round player than Andy Cole. Yeah. Even though Andy Cole, like I say, had a better career uh, with regards to the, the amount of trophies that he won at United. Hmm. But I would choose Ian Wright every day of the week as my striker. Uh, now for a question from, and it's, it's this one then, if he says, Alan Smith or Ian Wright, love them both. Yeah, I mean, why do you why do you have to choose? <laughs> I love both. I I completely concur, Emma. I love them both as well, and they both complemented each other so well. And Ian, and Smith, Ian, I've just said a piece about Ian Wright. Alan Smith was one of the most underrated players as well. I mean, mm. the service and the he gave Arsenal was just phenomenal and. He always seemed to be overshadowed by other players. But you ask so many players from around that era who was one of the best strikers around, they all say Alan Smith, his first touch, unreal. You know, he, the way he held the ball up, you know, his mm. role he played in the 1989 title success, in the winning goal for that 1989 title success, the mm. way that he's flicked it through to Michael Thomas, who was charged, happened to be charging through the midfield at the time. It was just phenomenal the way he touched it in that high pressure moment, that high pressure situation. The way he controlled it and flicked it over to mm. Michael Thomas was just phenomenal. And that's him all over. And he wasn't just like a a target man that he lumped the ball forward to for a headed goal, although he did that brilliantly. He had a great touch as well, and um, he scored some brilliant goals. I mean, one of the best. Mm days I've ever had. I've mentioned this before as well. That's why I want to win the Europa League so much this year. It's been so long since the last win. But the last win that we had, that goal he scored in the final, Alan mm. Smith, to win it for us, was a brilliant goal. Yeah, Fantastic turn and volley in one movement. You go and watch it on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Anyone, you know, if you're younger people listening and watching. If you haven't gone, just go and look it up. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, and great player. Mm. But you know, obviously, you know, he get like I just say, he gets overshadowed by a lot of other players and Alan Smith because he was, you know, this scene is like a, you know, just a, a boring player. But you know, personality-wise, he wasn't as sparkling as someone like Ian Wright. You know, and that's why everyone loves Ian Wright because not just because of what he did on the pitch. Because he's funny and he's a, a live wire, and it's just great fun to be around. So, um, yeah, I refuse to answer that question. <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I do love them both because Ian Wright's always going to be your favourite, isn't he? Ian Wright's always going to be, but mm. I, would, I, I don't want to be talking down about Anna Smith as well because he had a great career at Arsenal. Um, mm. And I mean, obviously, got into the England team and did brilliantly as well. Yeah, uh, another question for coming before we get into Stuart's final question the big thinking question. 
uh, Colonel, sorry, saying, would you take, would you have taken Petit back if he never went to Chelsea and wanted to come back? But that's the thing, he wanted to go to United initially, he even said it himself, he never wanted to go to Chelsea, he wanted to go back, he wanted to come back to England and play for Man United because Man United was interested in him. He's, he's never looked back on as a proper legend of the club, is he? Been because yeah. of wasn't here long he enough, says really. he wasn't here long enough, and he also he says some I've said some crap since he's retired, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he, he's not. He never comes across as particularly fond of the club. Um, even though we, as a club, really made him as a player and shoved him into the limelight, so he got his big moves afterwards. Because of the trust and faith that Arsene Wenger put in him, he just wanted to go straight away. As soon as a Barcelona came calling, he was off. Yeah, not a, not a second thought. So no, fuck him. I, I don't see him that way. I thought he was a great player at the time, but I don't look back and think he or he's a proper Arsenal legend. He was in a great Arsenal team, and he was fantastic for us when we had him. But since he's left. Like I said, he's just—he's got a very high opinion of himself, yeah. and he just talks some utter garbage. If I'm honest, and also by so, then, let's be honest, by then, if we'd, as a midfield, we'd already moved on. We'd mm. brought in Adu, we'd Ray Parler as well. We was working perfectly without him. And if you if you fast forward, summer, summer Gilberto then as well, didn't we? Summer 2002, we buy, we bring in Gilberto as well. Yeah. after the World Cup. That's that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no. Well, we've got the much better end of the deal getting Gilberto in. Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. This is a question. <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> what do you think of Robin Van Persie? Um, oh, it could have been a, could have been yeah. he was a great He was a great player. He had a couple, he had two standout seasons over, <laughs> ten, over ten, nearly, nearly a 10-year span. Pretty much as always any other time injured when we needed him most. And... A bit like what he said about Petit, since he's left and retired, he says some daft things about why he left, and it's always like contradicts the first the first story. It's always something, oh, this happened or that happened. Or, or, never he never takes responsibility for that situation. And I don't know, it just seems like he has a more of a fondness for Man United. You know, he was only there for like one successful year, and obviously it's the second season, he was also the second year, he was gone because he fell out of the manager at the time. Because he knows he's burnt his bridges with Arsenal fans and they all called him a snake. That's why. Among at the other, time. Amongst other things, yeah. At the time, I absolutely adored him. Mm. You know, he was... And we put... We stood by him through thick and thin as a club. And Arsene Wenger did. What's well, I say? They might have treated him as a son. Had. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And he always gave, gave him new contracts during his injury at the time mm. as well, you know, putting his yeah. faith in him. Um, and when it came to sort of paying the club back for all of that faith they put in him and all the wages they paid him whilst he was crippled, mm. he buggered off again. You know, he went to, and I famously said a few times that um, I stopped watching Arsenal for mm. quite a long time after he left the club because I was that pissed off about the whole situation. Mm selling our best players summer after summer after summer. And then when we sold him for not a big amount of money, really, to our biggest rivals at the time, our biggest rivals 
not just at the time, but our biggest rivals for the last decade or more, 15 years, I was just so bitterly, bitterly disappointed with the whole situation and with the club mm. that I just stopped watching us for quite a long time. And I'll never, I'll never forget that because I lost a lot of time supporting the club that I absolutely loved for my whole life. But I was that angry. I just couldn't bring myself to watch games for a, for a long time after he left the club. So he burnt his bridges with pretty much every Arsenal fan of that era and um, sullied any good work that he'd done. But at the time, wow, he was genuinely one of the best strikers in the world, wasn't he, for mm. that period of time. But everything he hit was a volley over his shoulder and it went straight into the goal. You know, it was just unbelievable technique. Um, but we sold the league title to Man United for £21 million, whatever it was. We mm. literally gave them the title because if we hadn't done that and if we'd have had him for that season, there's no chance on earth that United would have won the league that year. We would have won the league. So we would have had another league title under our belts by now if we hadn't sold our prized asset to our main rivals for £21 million. You can tell how angry I am about it now. You mm. know, you know, it's all those years ago. I'm still pissed off about it because it was was the, the league title worth twenty one million pounds to Arsenal? Of course, it, it could have changed the whole direction of the club again at that period of time. If we'd have won, become league champions again at that point, well, it's one of those it's one of those um, sliding doors moments again that we could have had. You know, if Eddie hadn't broke, sorry, if Eduardo hadn't broken his leg that time. If, you know, if this, if that, but if we hadn't sold Robin Van Persie, we would not have, sorry, we would have won the league that season. Yeah. It still gr grinds my gears to this day and that's why I find it so irritating and I just go on a rant about it all the time because it's just, I, if that's one thing that I could ask Garson Wenger, if I could sit down with him for an hour or so over a coffee and have a proper, proper heart-to-heart -heart chat with him. That's the first thing I would want to know about all that situation with Robin Van Percy, uh, because it just really pisses me off. And we never found out the real reason from his book or anything no. what happened. Why would he do that to, to Man United of all clubs? Why would he sell him to Man United? No, exactly. I, I don't believe That's in my heart of hearts. I do not believe in my heart of hearts that he could have given the green light to that on his own. I think he, it must have been something else from the club, the pressure to say, we've got to do it. We've got, got to, or they came to him and said, we are selling Robin Van Persie to Man United. I just can't believe in my heart of hearts, with all the history that he had against Alex Ferguson and Man United, why he would do that, sell our very best player to them. Yeah. No, make no sense whatsoever. Sorry, but it doesn't not make any sense to this day. Well, no, especially at that time. Is it day at that time we had a squad good enough to compete on our day? If we just got that, again consistency, we were consistently in in a positive sense winning our games every, week in week out. We could have we could have changed Man United that seat, Man United Man City that season, won the title ourselves that particular mm -hmm. season. Obviously, Ferguson goes off and goes out in the high. But that's sort of literally him then him going the way he did 
knocked us for for a year. It took us out for because obviously he didn't compete for a title then until the thirteen fourteen season, and even then we fell off just shy in the end. But um, that twelve thirteen season, we could have literally been a year, obviously that season gone there with Van Persie, with the team that we had, bringing in, bringing in the players we brought in as well in Santi Cafour. Santi Cafour and Van Persie would have a fucking field day in that league, them two together. Mm. Um, they brought in Giroud as a backup to Van Persie to give him some respite for certain games, this, that and the other. We just brought in Podolski. So, this whole thing of, oh, we didn't, they, they were showing lack of ambition. We just well, can't have done because Podolski was, I know for a fact Podolski was signed for signed for Arsenal in like February of that year, going into that going into that summer where he left. We yeah. got Podolski in the book, like on, all done and dusted. Um, Giroud came in just after France got knocked out of the Euros. It was all but all, all, all but done, sorry. And um, stuff about it. Yeah, it's just it's, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why even now, even with Wenger gone. Either his book out or the DVD or something. No one seems no one that was involved in that situation wants to come out and say who who spearheaded that and who allowed that, who gave the all clear for that because it just made no sense. We were strengthening it. We were literally, as you say, gave the title to United. We knew what they, everyone knew what they needed because they had they lost the title the year before, mm. and we just went. Okay, there you go. Then it's, a, it's completely. It was bizarre to me then. It's bizarre to me now. And as you say, when people when people go radio radio silent and don't tell us exactly even now how that all came about and why it went through and why it had to be to them of all teams. If we'd sold them to Madrid or Barcelona, whatever, we used to used to Barcelona making our players at this point. That would have made more sense. But to, to go to a low, not just anyone, but to Man United. It just pissed me off at the time, and I was just like, "No, nah, no." Nah, nah. And you could tell the, t- the players that season it, it affected them, it, and definitely. Certainly, the likes of Giroud and obviously being fast tracked into being a, a starter, basically for a year in advance, mm. and that did bode well. But then, obviously, as I say, thirteen fault the thirteen fault season, we, t- we did challenge, but we fell short. But also, we, we did in the, we did eventually in the the, the, uh, the nine year drought of a trophy. Yeah. So it sort of counteracted. And then what also pissed me off with Van Persie just when we move on was the first game he played against us and he scored out at Manchester. Didn't doesn't celebrate. Fast forward the the following season, he scores against us and goes celebrating. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's you've been a scene that's choosing and no 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 no. Just because you don't like the fans because you because you didn't tell the fans how you wanted how you wanted things basically. How things fucking went down. So no, I don't that doesn't bode well on me. But um, we're going to wrap things up soon, guys. Oh, oh going a minute. Um, do you want to do Stuart's question? Do you want to do Stuart's yeah. question? Yeah, well, there's another question in there about a striker as well. We put that as the first yeah. one for the next show. The next, the next time, yeah. Which will be in two um, weeks, by the way. Yeah, it probably will be. Um, I'll let you know, depending on what time I get home next Sunday. Mm. Um, I might be able to do it, but I'm, I can't guarantee it, so I'll let you know. But, uh, yeah, let's just do that uh, one what? from Chappers. It says, uh, do, do wasps think? <laughs> well, oh my God. wasps are 
alongside flies, one of the most pointless and persistent and annoying creatures on earth. Now, what, what you've got to decide is, do they do that on purpose? Because <laughs> if they do, then they must think. Because they just keep, I mean, certain flies from wherever you are, wherever you are in the world are more persistent than others. I mean, when I was mm. in Australia and India, I had the worst flies that you've ever seen. They just they land on your face. And no matter if you go like that, they just don't fly off. They just stand there. They just like stay on your face. So you mm. literally got to keep scraping them off. And then they land on your face again. It's like it drives you absolutely. You, can't, you cannot tell you how annoying it is. But um, wasps, obviously, when they're the biggest bugbear of any summer down the beer garden in the pub, aren't they? Especially this week. I know, and they, they just absolutely take joy in driving you, making your afternoon a misery. But you have to make up your own mind as to whether they do that on purpose or not. Because uh, if they do, then they have, of course, they do think because they know what they're doing. So maybe it's one just maybe to leave the viewers and the listeners to actually think about themselves as to whether they they think that they purposely go out to make your life a misery in the afternoon, mm. a beautiful sunny day in the pub with beer garden, or just in general. <laughs> oh dear! Well, Ta- Ta- he was a fan of wasps. Apparently, he says wasps are lovely. Bless them. Wasps aren't lovely. Bees are lovely. I absolutely love bees. They're not wasps. Wasps are just uh, are bee tech bees, aren't they? I mean, just they they, they <laughs> offer no. I mean, bees make honey and stuff. Wasps do nothing, absolutely nothing apart from sting you, and and dive bomb your beer. <laughs> yeah, I can't be more about you, but yeah, that's just, that was just so random earlier. Putting the group chat, guys, announcing the announcing the shows on tonight and all that. I'll get your questions in now. Obviously, they came with these questions, which we touched on, and then Stuart just, Stuart just comes up just before we're going live. Do 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 what think basically. <laughs> And as I say, as we're alive, as whilst we're alive, he then goes, "No, serious question." <laughs> we can't expect anything less from Chappers. Oh no, not at all. But I think with that, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Um, Beads are lovely as well. Says so. He likes, but he likes both. There you go. There's a, there's a rare team itself. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going to wrap things up, guys. Obviously, Andrew, what have you got coming up after your holiday on your channel? Oh. It'll be, I say, I'll let you know on next Sunday whether I'll be able to do this show again next week. Um, if not, it'll be the week after, as you said. Uh, but then my next show on my channel will be the Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, after I get another win in the Premier three, League. Three wins on the bounce, possibly so, top if City drop points. Yeah, be amazing. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> what a fair season, I know. But yeah, so Tuesday week will be uh, back on from Dial Square to where 
please go over there and give us a subscribe and mm. uh, tune in for that one. Yeah. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, guys, for the podcast review, a reaction, basically, what we're going to call it, for the for the, uh, Arsenal v Leicester yesterday, the 4 2 win. Uh, Guests to be confirmed uh, officially. Uh, let me know soon, hopefully, touch wood. Uh, that'll be around half seven UK time anyway. Uh, keep, your eye, keep your eye out for that. The audio for this is going to be up in the next half hour or so once I get that download sorted. And then the download for tomorrow will be half hour after that show. But yeah, that'd be that for catch it live it'll be half seven here on the channel and then try to think now rest of the week is uh played by year probably thursday you'll see me again then for the last couple of episodes two or three episodes of the documentary or nothing then another podcast on friday for previewing the bournemouth game and then the bournemouth game five is a 5 30 kickoff so do a watch on for that with you guys and match the day later on not, not a few hours afterwards i did a match the day stream and apart from that that will be that for the week, unless anything else pops up that we need to talk about. But apart from that, guys, enjoy your rest of your morning, evening, or afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Uh, yeah, thanks for obviously coming along, guys, and keeping us uh, busy in the chat, keeping us company. And so we've got great questions as well, as as always. Even Stuart, if you're watching this back, even your question. <laughs> the best of the bumps that was. Um, yeah, see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Come on, you gunners. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, unbelievable, we didn't expect that. Arsenal Fingers, Freedom Army, Arsenal.